Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, we talk to the legendary Mick Jones of Foreigner. With me, as always, the ladies may think he's hot-blooded, but only I know that he's cold as ice. Times pop music critic Sean Daly. Yeah, ha ha, dirty white boy. I can play this game too. Yeah, at least I wasn't waiting for a girl like you. <laughs> Keep going. You got uh, more? No, it's <laughs> urgent that we start the podcast. Is your, is your drinking giving you double vision? <laughs> <laughs> too true. Too true. Box Spearsy. I've been waiting for that one for a while. Yeah, I just had to get four, out of my system. For 183 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, today we talked to the great Mick Jones from Foreigner. And in prepping for this show, uh, we realized that we love Foreigner. There's, I used to have a theory about Foreigner. Foreigner is more, it's like, it's like Brian Adams. It's, it's one of those kind of bands or artists that you think maybe you're past, you don't like them anymore, then you start listening to the music and you realize, crap, this stuff's ingrained in your DNA. It is. <laughs> you gotta say it. I know, it's the new, it's the new Easter egg. Ingrained in your, Sean and Steve, ingrained in your DNA. <laughs> Every show, Easter egg, there it is. Mommy, I found it. Drink. <laughs> um, and uh, the reason we're talking to Mick today is because on January 15th at Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater, Farner and Eddie Money, Eddie Dangerfield are playing. And Farner has a new album out called Can't Slow Down, a triple disc uh, available only at Walmart. Yeah. And I, I pick uh, Mick Jones's brain about that. Gives a good answer too about why why some like ACDC and Journey they all go exclusive why do that you know? know but you know what it's a no brainer I listen to my my Journey uh, triple disc all the time the DVD concert has gone missing I haven't seen it since the last yeah, time uh, you were yeah, yeah. I don't know that where was it the is. last time I remember seeing it sticky you, fingers it was the sleepy sleepy night I try to steal something every time I go to your apartment that would explain a lot but it's not cash that's too easy <laughs> no or it's not ju- or jewelry or your <laughs> ring. <laughs> I don't think we can say ring on this podcast. No, but I can bleep it twice. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we talked to Mick about that. We talked to Mick about Lou Graham. We get right into that pretty early about Lou Graham. Very controversial. It was a little, great it was a little embarrassing, though, when you said Lou Grant. <laughs> and that went off about Ed Asner. Yeah, Ed that, Asner. that was not right. Uh, we talk about um, the genesis of Jukebox Hero. And feels like the first time, and you might be a little surprised by both stories behind yeah, those. Yeah. And uh, it's really, you know, he's a really laid back guy. We'll warn you now. He had been doing a ton of interviews today, but uh, I love the interview. It's a lot of fun, and he's a smart dude, and he's produced. I don't want to give that away. What he's produced, no, don't say. But it. we talk about two iconic albums of other artists he produced, and I like his answers for those yeah. too. Now, I mean, the show is obviously all about the '80s, but Foreigner's really iconic hits in my mind are some of the 70s stuff. So I have to ask you, Sean Daly, give me your favorite all-time Foreigner song. It feels like the first time. 
That's fantastic. And I tell Mick, my theory is that when I'm in the car, it's impossible to turn off feels like the first time when you hear it on the radio. It is life-affirming. Don't you agree? Feels like the first time. Steven Spears. Feels like the... My guitar solo. <laughs> what's your favorite? Finland, uh, what's Finland. your favorite foreigner song? Um, I, I'm more partial to Foreigner Four. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna have to. And of course, the song to me from that album, Jukebox Hero. Now, did you see Foreigner on the Foreigner Four? I did. It's it's kind of a bizarre story. I think we've mentioned this once before in the podcast. Back in the spring of 1981, Foreigner was touring the country in support of Four. And for one leg of the tour, they had um, they had a, a big festival lineup. Back in Florida, we call them like the Rock and Roll Super Bowls, and they would play. I have never heard that expression used. Do they use it elsewhere too? No, I grew you're up making Florida. it up. No, Rock and Roll Super Bowl. I'm a transient. I'm a northerner. Yes, we know. All right, go ahead. And uh, so. They would come down to Florida every spring, you know, while it's still cold up north, and uh, they would play all the football stadiums down here, like my, in the old Orange Bowl, Miami, and they went over to Orlando to play the Tangerine Bowl. It was called, then now it's called the Citrus Bowl. Tangerine, Tangerine. That's our Robert Plant uh, interview. Say, go what the heck? Go no, go ahead. So the whole point is, I've got tickets. I, I can't drive yet. I'm probably like 13 or 14 years old. 14 years old, yeah, that would make sense. Come on. How old were you in 1981? You were 30 <sighs> years 36 old. 36 years old. No, <laughs> I, I was 14. So a group of my friends... Do you have a mustache yet? Could you grow facial hair at 14? Oh, yeah. What? I, I had it... Um, wow. Sophomore year in high school. What? It was fully in. I hate you and your machismo. First, How could you do that? Just... I didn't even have pubes when I was 14. <laughs> I don't know what you do now. <laughs> I like three pubes. Listen to a blow in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Tumbleweed. So, so we're so we're going to this. So we're supposed to go to this show, and I'm going because I want to see Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Back then, in the early '80s, I was more of a metalhead, and so Ozzy's you there. Never, you never talk. How can we never bond? I over got this? past it. Got past it. Now he so, was. He was obviously it was solo Ozzy. Now solo Ozzy. He just come off of uh, I think Diary of a Madman. Awesome, love it. And um, so Foreigner is the, the the headliner. Ozzy, I think, goes you know right beforehand. Also there, off, coming off his first album, Brian Adams, our old wow. friend. The that was, late, a, good, the late uh, that was a good Super Bowl of yeah. rock and roll or whatever so, it's called. Rock and roll Super Bowl. term. Rock and roll Super Bowl. And, Why don't they uh, just call it the and Bowl? Because that, sound, that sounds like a restaurant. <laughs> I'd eat there. Yeah, I know. And I'd find like a tooth in my food. That's why I'd like. <laughs> Great. Go ahead. Keep going. So, okay, so concert comes. Day of the morning comes awesome. of the concert. My dad wakes me up at five in the morning. Yeah, five in the morning. Yeah, because we had to get over there early because it was one of those all day shows. You know, so yeah. get over there early. So five in the morning, he wakes me up and he says, "I got bad news for you." I'm like, "What?" Well, he's like, "Randy, uh, the the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes, is dead." Oh my god! And I'm thinking, how does my dad know this? You know, yeah. and, and I'm like, "No, nah, you're full of you're full of crap," or whatever it was I could get away with saying at that age. It's like, no, seriously, there was a plane accident outside of Leesburg, which is in North Florida, and. Uh, and uh, Randy Rhodes is God, dead. It was in Florida, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in Leesburg, just north of Orlando. And um, he had gotten into like a small private plane, and they were pretending to dive bomb the tour bus. They clipped the bus, and they hit a house, and they all the people that were in it died oh, instantly, including... It was, so it was like a prank? They were yeah, just it was trying... a prank that got out of control. Oh, my Lord. So he dies. Randy Rhodes dies. And I'm like, but Ozzy's still going to play, right? And he's like, Dad's like, no, it's, it's canceled. You know? I'm like, the whole show? He's like, no, 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 just, just Ozzy. You know? I guess it was in the paper or something. And... Uh, so 
we get into the van to drive over to Orlando, and we're all just crushed because we were going to go see. It was Ozzy that we were going to go see. I mean, Foreigner was like an added bonus. And um, we get to the show. I mean, all the concert T-shirts are already printed up. So you have Foreigner with Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. And we're all just it – was, it was a bleak day. And instead, they got um, Pat Travers to come on for Ozzy, you know, Outgo the Lights. And um, the guy Pat Travers, did, he the man who played Boss Hog, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was yeah. kind of awkward, but <laughs> um, and so the, the day went on. I remember when Foreigner Four, when Foreigner was playing on stage. I'm just, I mean, I was just depressed out of my mind. I bet. I remember when that was announced too. Yeah, I was like, I hung out with a lot of suburban dirt balls, and so everyone was really bummed about that. Yeah, it was huge. And um, do you remember Foreigner that day? I do, but you know, to be honest, I mean, I don't think I knew much of their music that day. I mean, 1981, Foreigner 4, I mean, top of the charts. The biggest album of that year, one of the biggest albums. So they were probably headlining, weren't they? They were. They were definitely headlining. Wow. But you were you you almost uh, you almost had malice. Yeah, maybe you, yeah. You I felt I almost felt a little. I felt a little. Uh, you know, pissed it. Did Foreigner. you guys ever think of not going to the Rock and Roll Super Bowl? No, I don't think that thought ever crossed my mind. But I just remember the whole time there being depressed, and I remember I bought a shirt. Wow, and uh, it had Ozzy Ozzy on it, and I'm um, just like and I held on to it for years. Did you ever buy the Ozzy Randy Rhodes tribute album? No, by that time I was I was over it. Yeah, yeah, I think and maybe you that was the end. To all, maybe you were the, on to like maybe that was Depeche the, Mode. Yeah, and, maybe that was the end of of hard rock for me. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that day forever threw me off the time space continuum with music, and then it just like it turbo boosted you into the eighties and all the really um, lame music you enjoyed. That's nice. Like Bronsky beat. All of a sudden, <laughs> you start playing Br- yeah. Bronsky beat. God forbid their guitarist ever die. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good story. Well, here we go. That was very very exciting. I got chills. I got chills with you, Randy. Look at my nips. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Kick back, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our interview with Foreigner's Mick Jones. Hi. Hey, Mick. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, this is Sean Daly. I'm the music critic at the St. Pete Times. How are you? I'm very well, thank uh, you. Joining us is Steve Spears. Uh, he's an editor at TampaBay.com. He's also a huge Foreigner fan. He's flop sweating right now. <laughs> he's so excited to talk to you. Okay. Hey, Mick, really quick. You are coming on January 15th to Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater with Eddie Money. Huge show uh-huh. there. And then you also have uh, a new album, Can't yeah. Slow Down, triple disc, uh, available at Walmart. There you go. You saved me advertising all that. There you go. Hey, you know, I want to ask you about this. Oh, by the way, for for twelve dollars, so that's a pretty good deal. That's, I think. that's unbelievable. That's what I was going to ask you about. Uh, ACDC and you and Journey. I mean, you guys have had the uh, the the genius to do this these deals with Walmart. What are the the, the positives about dealing with an exclusive retailer? Well, um, because of the changing scene, you know, in music uh, and in, in, especially in radio, uh, the Walmart really is the biggest um, record store in America now. You know, all the all the chains, all the places that were, everybody's been Tower Records, all those kind of uh, Virgin, they've all gone. And um, so, really, Walmart is is one of the best ways of of, of getting your album distributed. Around the whole country, and uh, you know, it's been quite a successful relationship with them, and the album's doing very well. Uh, so, really, it, it's um, it's good for us, and it's, it's good for them. So, yeah, just to let the people know, uh, Cancel Down has uh, thirteen new tracks. 
mm-hmm. it has the remixes, uh, 10 remixes of all the great hits, yeah. and it has a live DVD. That's right. Now, i got to ask you on the album, um, as a music critic here, of course, I, I write about Lily Allen and Amy Winehouse, and you probably know where oh, yeah. I'm going with this. Um, your stepson, Mark Ronson, does mm-hmm. some of the production on the new album. Yeah, well, we got together on one song. Um, it's a song, one of his favorites. It's actually from the first album. Yeah, Fool for You that. Anyway. I'm a Fool for You Anyway. And uh, so we've been sort of threatening to work with each other for a few years. Um, obviously, Mark grew up in, you know, during the, during the period of, uh, of, of the band, really. He, since uh, the four album, I guess, was, was the first album that uh, he experienced. Um, That's a good album to experience. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously I've, I've watched his, uh, his development over the years, and he was always very, you know, music was really the, the most important thing in his life. So, Well, he's a remarkable producer. I mean, he's had a huge string of success. But mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, you also have this great history as being a great producer. Are, who's teaching who there? Are you guys learning from each other, you and Mark? Or are you showing him more of the ropes? Well, I think at a certain point he, he, he learned a few tricks from me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, as you say, he's, he's great. He's got um, very um, unique sort of original ideas for production and really carves out a, a, his identity, you know. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I'm just very proud that uh, he's had all this success and recognition. Hey, Mick, one of the nice things about the new album is that we get to hear 13 tracks with um, the new voice of Foreigner, you know, Kelly Hansen. I'm just kind of curious, how did he come onto your radar? Well, when I considered, um, after the departure of Lou, Lou Graham, you know, in the early 2000s, I, I took a little hiatus period and... You know, I didn't quite know what I was going to do, but I, I kept getting word that um, Blue was out on tour and, you know, represent, representing some of the, uh, the material and the songs in a sort of a different way. And I, I felt that I kind of needed to put the record straight as far as those songs and their delivery was concerned. And that was really the reason I kind of considered putting a band back together. And it, it took a while. It took, um, you know, I knew if I did it, I had to really be committed to it long term. So it wasn't just a, a casual thing, you know, that we, we'd go out and represent ourselves as foreigner and, and go through the motions, you know, just playing the, the hits. Um, I, I did have the intention at that time of really it being um, an ongoing Thing and, and eventually ending up, it took a little while, but ending up with, a, with some new material from the band. You, know, you bring up Lou Graham, and we, we don't want to dwell on this, but are you guys totally uh, uh, incommunicado, not talking anymore? Or, uh, what's your relationship like now? Well, not great. Um, uh, there's a few questions between us about... Um, you know, things that went on different parts. You know, I'd, I'd really like to move on and get by it. But, uh, you know, when you've had a, um, a relationship that, that, for that long with somebody and obviously a, a, a good part of it was very successful and, you know, we've got a lot to share in, in, um, together. And, you know, that things, things come around in life. I'm sure that we'll get past this uh, present sort of, um, you know, uh, 
not crisis, but but lack of communication, definitely. Sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, Mick, this will be the first time uh, in Clearwater that I've seen you since 1981. Wow. And uh, I, had just, I haven't had the chance, but it was a memorable stop in 81. It was April of that year, and you were touring with Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, right. We and, did a few uh, big festivals down in Florida at yeah. that time. I remember we played Miami, too. Yeah, and you played Orlando, and the day before mm-hmm. the show was the day that Randy Rhodes died in that plane accident. That's right. Vivid memory. It was put, kind of put a like a, a damper on the whole. It me- did a bit, yeah. Yeah, I remember you had. I think it was Pat Travers came in and covered for Ozzy. That's right. That's yeah. right. I think I, I held on to that tour shirt for years. It was really, just, <laughs> yeah. Just I so, I mean, you finally get a chance to uh, erase that memory and, and replace it with a good one. I hope in Clearwater. This band is an extraordinary band live. So uh, that has been um, really important for me getting back into. You know, performing live over the past few years has been, you know, something that was definitely lacking um, enthusiasm towards the in in the nineties, for example. And um, you know, I've really got the hunger back. Uh, and as I say, the band is uh, phenomenal to me. You know, it's the best. It's the best playing and jamming band that we've ever li- lineup that we've ever had. I think. Well, that's high praise. Yeah, it is. So, does the crowd really come to life? I mean, do they really go crazy when you when you hit the stuff off a of foreigner four? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I, you know, every night without fail, usually, you know, we have a pretty. Uh, we take the roof off the place usually by the end of the show. Yeah, I, I know everybody loves Urgent, but to me, my my favorite cut off that album has always been jukebox hero there's got there's right. got to be some sort of story behind that that song well it, it was actually derived from uh being on tour in the uh i guess it must have been the late 70s 78 79 and and uh <clears throat> i i remembered being at a uh, a concert one of our concerts we were on tour it was in cincinnati i think and we went to do a sound check and there were bunch of fans outside, you know, waiting for autographs, and so we went in, and we did that, and we went and did the sound check, and came back out, and uh, and it's, it was pouring rain outside, and we came back to do the show, and there was one lone guy remaining, you know, soaked to the skin, so I sort of took uh, a little mercy on him, and kind of invited him uh, to come into the show and see how it all was you know, how everything worked from backstage. And he was just completely starstruck. And uh, and it sort of gave me the idea of seeing it through his perspective, you know. All right, I want to go back even further than that. And I have this theory that uh, when you're driving in the car and you hear feels like the first time on the radio, it's impossible to turn it off. It always puts me in a better mood. It's life-affirming. Can you tell us a little bit? It was also uh, Farner's first single, I believe. First it was, hit single. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, and that was all, you wrote all the words and all the music for that, about yeah. the, the creation of that song a bit? Well, it was... You know, it's very kind of literally um, what what happened. Uh, I was a bit at a bit of a crossroads in my career. Um, I just finished uh, a stint playing with Leslie West of Mountain, um, which was kind of um, instructive in a way, but quite harrowing <laughs> experience. 
And I really didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I, I'd, I'd left that band. I had uh, most of the bands I'd been in somehow had fallen apart after a while and, you know, personal differences and chemistry and all that kind of stuff. And I really had to make a decision if I was going to go for it or whether I was just going to sort of retire gracefully and get a real job or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Suddenly I kind of started to focus in on, on songwriting again and some good ideas started coming up and really, uh, really it, it was actually the first time that I'd really taken the bull by the horns and felt that I was, um, you know, something important was coming out of my writing and uh, that song really kind of described the feeling I had and, and um, as, as I say, it very literally uh, meant, you know, the first time. Uh, first, so first it feels like it feels like the first time was about the creative process. Um, I guess so. Uh, I always thought it was about something else. <laughs> you can always uh, take whichever meaning you want. You know, I was. Um, I've been asked that question many times. No, I'm sure uh, you have. <laughs> you know, it definitely wasn't my first time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Mick, I want to ask you, too. I mean, you, you have this incredible resume, uh, not just for a hit maker with Farner, but uh, as a producer. I have to ask you about uh, producing 5150, which mm -hmm. was the first album for Van Halen uh, post-David Lee Roth. They had right. I knew they had Sammy Hagar. That had to be a really interesting uh, dynamic in the studio is everyone's kind of feeling out uh, Sammy and Eddie. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the making of 5150? Well, I had um, I had known Sammy for many years, right back to when he was in a band called Montrose, um, and uh, you know we'd sort of kept loosely in touch over the years, and I think um, that is one of the reasons I think I was called in was was to really, you know, I'd, I'd say if I had a specialty, it was um, working with singers, and uh, I always. You know, put a lot of importance on the on the uh, vocal delivery and pretty much everything I did. So, um, really, to go in and uh, you know, the band and Eddie really kind of had some strong ideas about which way they wanted to go. So I was just the the sort of the link between everything and 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 really there to get the performances out of uh, Sammy Hagar and I, and I think I pushed him way way past where he'd ever been before. Oh, I think you're right. And I think and, that um, album went out went on to sell more than any other Van Halen album. I believe it did. Yeah. You know, and I think the first sound you hear on Fifty One Fifty is Sammy's voice, right? Uh -huh. Saying like "Hello, baby," or doing like a big bopper thing. Yeah, <laughs> scare the hell out of me when I cranked it up. Uh, and also, real quick too, we're big Billy Joel fans here too. Uh, Stormfront, uh, one of his greatest late career uh, albums. You produced yep. that as well. Yeah, that was an interesting. Um, collaboration too uh, obviously I had a lot of respect for Billy as a songwriter and a performer and he had a certain um, you know respect for m me as a writer and producer and um, I must say it, it was a very good fit you know we we became friendly immediately and and um, you know it wasn't easy pushing him past the limit almost as well um, 
So it it was real real work, you know. I I mean, I had to be, in some cases, critical of of what he was doing, and I don't think anybody had really done that before. <laughs> with no, well, that a couple of, uh, moments on that album. I think that album has, and so it goes on it, right? Isn't that that's the right? So, yeah. Oh my, and that might be one of his greatest vocal performances ever. And so it goes, and so it goes, and I still get quite emotional when I hear that. Oh, I, yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Hey, Mix, <laughs> thank you so much for talking to us today. Okay, I just want to remind everybody that we have this new album out, um, as you, we mentioned earlier, on available at Walmart for the very reasonable price of twelve dollars. So that's unbelievable. That's a whole lot of music and a, a yeah. live DVD. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to plug the song In Pieces. That's that's my favorite song, yeah, In Pieces. Is it? Yep. Yeah. I think we're going to release that um, in the new year as a, as a single. Oh, okay. excellent. Okay. Yeah, it's great. We'll get to hear it live in Clearwater then? Maybe. We're, we're doing um, at least two of the songs from the new album. Good. We're going to shout oh, for it, yeah. Mick. You better get it ready. Where <laughs> Steve and I are shouting for In Pieces in Clearwater. There he is, the great Mick Jones of Foreigner. I gotta ask you. What's that? You started to get a little teary-eyed during the And So It Goes <sighs> Billy Joel part, uh, didn't you? Yeah. You big blubbery baby. I can't... The chicks love you for that, too. I can't play that song anymore on the radio. It's devastating. You know, he wrote it, uh, I believe, for Elle McPherson. He was dating her. And uh, it's about growing older and seeing, like... It, it, almost like the girls stay the same age, oh, you know? No. Don't even tell me that. It's rough. But it was interesting how Mick said that he, he loves working with singers... And he got probably the best performance out of Sammy Hagar ever. And then a totally different uh, vocal performance from Billy Joel. But, and so it goes. And so Mick, me, you, and Mick, all blubbering like babies. Hey, maybe that'll work for me, me Spearsy. Oh, look at me. I'm crying. What, what do you think, ladies? What do you think, Carol Jansen? <laughs> Give me a hug. Give me a cyber hug. <laughs> Have you ever cried in your lifetime? <laughs> oh, I've, uh, I've squared a few here and there. Yeah, I bet you have, big boy. <laughs> Yeah, you know what we need right now? Something soothing, like a lotion <laughs> and a couple hey, baby, Kleenex. <laughs> uh, how about the Seggies? That'll work. Hey, hey, time for Reader Mailbag. And we've got a lot this week because there was all that hating going on about, uh, you know, people saying that the Seggies had gone stale. One person said that. Well, one person used the word stale. But a cornucopia of 80 supporters showed up and said, Damn them! Damn, Damn the them critics! To hell. Hooray! Hooray for Sean Daly! And Steve Spears. Nice. Yes, we have three letters, each one better than the next. Are you ready? Fire away. The first one, are you ready, is from our good friend, the Fat Man! Fat, fat man! man! I love the Fat Man. He's my favorite fan. Who's your favorite fan? Giblet Croft. Yeah, I knew you were going to say. You love, you love jibs. That's a, I love jibs. All right, the Fat Man says, Sean and Steve. I don't think that's the way it's written. Sean and Steve. Hey, fellas, it's the Fat Man here. Just wanted to let you know that I think the show is going great. Personally, I like the Seggies and don't think they are too long at all. For me, the Seggies are when you guys can cut loose, shake things up, and take off Sean's collar for a while. You have a collar? Ruff, ruff. 
You don't actually have a collar back in the mystery uh, toy chest. I don't want to know about your kinky sex toys. Really? I don't want to know about them. And they all smell like weird vanilla spray. <laughs> I don't even understand that. Why they all smell like vanilla and birthday cake? <laughs> I have no answer for you. Ah, gentlemen, criticism is normal. And we all have our favorite parts of the show. For those folks unhappy with the show, let me give you this fair warning. I recently finished all the back episodes and thought I would check out other 80s podcasts. You know what Fat Man says about that? What? Don't do it. I tried two different shows and they were awful, unbearable, ultimately unlistenable. Take my advice, Stuck in the 80s fans. This is by far the best 80s show available, hands down. And if you don't think so, just take a try of the others, but watch out that your brain doesn't slide out of your head. And be sure to staunch the bleeding from your ears before it's too late. Very vivid. Yeah. Very graphic. But he's making his point, and I like his point. Love the show, guys. Keep it up, and I will be listening. Not now, nor was I ever stuck in the 80s, fat man. That's kind of rude. Yeah, but there's a P.S. Good, what is it? P.S. Is Kathy coming back on sometime, or is she yet another woman who was able to get away? What? I don't understand Kathy's that. Kathy's been here the whole time. Hello! There she is right there. <laughs> yeah. The whole time wow. she's been on every show. I hey. know. You just never let me talk. <laughs> How come you didn't ask Mick Jones anything? You know, I figured I'd let you guys do it all. Yes, Kathy is with <laughs> us again, as she's always been. Yes. I've been, what I've do you been... have to say to the fat man? Let's give him a little personalized, uh, uh, well, you know. Well, hello. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm here and better than ever. And I, I did think uh, that was pretty vivid. Do you think the, the ears you... bleeding? Yes. <laughs> do you think our seggies are too long? No. Don't, don't you like so. when I take off my collar? Anyway, the fat man always says, you know what? He speaks the gospel. It's the gospel of the fat man. Gospel Gospel of the fat man. That was my first novel, Gospel of the Fat Man. (laughs) It's actually autobiographical. Okay, fine. Yes, I am the fat. The collar is off. (laughs) (laughs) You've really loosened up. Letter number (laughs) two. Does he really need to loosen up? I don't know about that. I love having you by my side. (laughs) You know what's fun? I'll stand by you, Kathy Wass. (laughs) I'll stand by. When, when are you tight, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fill an HR form right I now. Know. You can't ask me that you on can't. work property. Before podcasts, before an interview, Sean and I go through this little ritual <laughs> to loosen up. Okay. I don't think they want to <laughs> know about this. No, we, doesn't, yeah. doesn't, we, we oil each other up <laughs> as friends, as friends. As friends. It, it, yes. d- it does actually happen to smell like vanilla. That's just total coincidence. Honestly, you have that vanilla cupcake spray that you think like re-energizes a room and it's makes supposed, it fresh. Smelling. It isn't vanilla calming. It is no, but it's yeah. not. No, it's like it's like third grade cupcake parts oh. smeared on the wall. <laughs> it's from Bath and Body Works, and it doesn't smell like. But cupcake. all your like, it smells uh, like Mountain Mist. <laughs> Wait, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Like Mountain Women, Mist, if it was a Candyland. And exactly what does Mountain Mist smell cupcakes. like? Cupcakes. Third cupcakes. grade or cupcakes. It automatically removes panties. Oh, uh, yuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, the panties yeah. you wear. <laughs> oh, that's just a coincidence. All right, can Morgan get a word in? Morgan can try says, it. I S- can never get one in. Uh, Morgan says, dear SNS, that way neither of you gets upset about being listed oh. second. Are we? Were we once that petty? Yeah. Uh, once? once? We're not that petty <laughs> anymore, are we? Hey, at least you get a mention. I'm always like, where did she go? What? That's a mention? People love you. I know. 
I'm sorry. I just kind of burped up Italian food. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna fill what? this room. Do you have that spray? <laughs> I need it. Cupcake sounds really good now, doesn't it? Oh, have I read Morgan's lunch? Bring up the mountains. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Morgan says they say that they say the show is stale. Stale? Not this show, baby. You guys rock. I've been listening to your show for a long time, and have to say that the Seggies are my favorite part. Please, please don't drop them. Regardless of how stellar your professional interview skills are, sometimes the guests just won't interest me. That's fair. Yeah. Absolutely fair. Yeah. Not everybody's going to like Some of our everyone. best shows are actually some of the worst interviews we've done. Really? Yeah. Go figure. S- sometimes I stick I'm around. trying to wrap my brain around that. Okay. No, no. I mean, the interview, is, <laughs> the interview is weak, but the rest of the show, oh, we, the rest we, of the show. we made up for it. Like Colin yeah. Hay. Yeah. Not Colin's mm, fault. He not, was not Colin's tired, fault. And he was staying in the middle of traffic on Sunset Boulevard. Not the case with Tom Wopat. However, sorry. Yeah. There was nothing you could do to save that one. Thank you. Hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe Morgan has something interesting to say. Can oh, I yeah, continue? Yeah, Jeez, sorry. you chatterboxes. Morgan says, sometimes I stick around and maybe learn, learn something new or maybe I won't. But I'll always check out the Seggies to make sure I don't miss out on the legendary banter. Between two of my favorite on-air personalities. You guys are a lot of fun to listen to. Of course, when Kathy's here, her three Three. favorite. (laughs) Uh, Some of your listeners do have podcasts. In fact, you guys are one of the direct inspirations for me and my buddy to start our own movie music show. We're on episode number six and waiting to find our voice before doing any promotion, but it's just a lot of fun. Maybe some of your naysayers out there don't understand how much effort goes into making the show. Absolutely. Oh, Steve works even harder I than I do. Um, <laughs> which is I, not very no, hard to Some do. might say I don't work at all. Yeah. Um, maybe your naysayers should shut the hell up. Wow, this got angry and hard, oh. If they understood how hard you work on putting out new content as often as you do. I like your show as a whole, and that includes some of the parts I'm not crazy about. It took me a couple of shows to warm up to PPTMN. PPTMN! And somehow the term <laughs> Seggies turns me off because it ri- reminds me of the cool kids referring to cigarettes. There have been other additions that I don't care for. Are, are you sure you like the show, Morgan? No, whoops. And Steve Spears is an asshole, but besides that, not <laughs> bad. I wish Shaw would get another job. <laughs> Okay, there have been other additions I didn't care for, but luckily, whatever happened in Vegas was curable, <laughs> oh. and now we're back to normal. He brought up the V word. Steve, you all right? You got to cry for the second time on the show? <laughs> <laughs> What's the over-under on Steve crying in a show? It's like plus or minus three, uh, yeah. usually. Yep. All right, Vegas. Let's underline that. That's nice. Thank um, you. I was half expecting the show to pod fade. Ooh, <gasps> God, that's a good pod word. Pod fade. That's going to be the word for 2010. Yeah. Totally. Whenever things start to go bad, we're having a pod oh. fade. I wonder if... Do we have to pay can we, Morgan can for we that? Enter that? We're into having the urban right dictionary now, right now. Fact. Yeah, but shut up, Steve. Pod fade. Oh, that was real. That was genuine. My shut up. After a while, with only so many topics available in a single decade, but you keep cranking out quality shows, and I know most of your listeners, most of them, appreciate what you give us. I know I certainly do. So let Sean sing, keep oh, PPTMN, stop. and never, never lose the seggies. One of these days, I'll cut my hair and stop wearing black jeans and con- concert T-shirts. Till then, I'm with you guys. Stuck in the 80s, Morgan. Nice. Great letter. I love it when they bring up Vegas. You know how long has it been now? Five months since the, uh, the great schism? Since the evil was unearthed? Yes. And we've been able to move on? Yep. Life's the back. evil was unearthed. <laughs> Life is back to normal. I love it. Yep. I love how now you refer to it as evil. And at the time, it's like, <gasps> I, just hope, <laughs> I hope everyone's happy. 
<laughs> I want everyone to be happy. Yeah. I don't have any ill will. <laughs> I love you, biggest girlfriend. <laughs> I love you. All right. Okay. Now, here we go. This one's for you. God this is one of you. Steve's buddies, I can tell. Oh. No, that's a, that's a general term. You can say. <laughs> general it's really, term. It's really vague, if anything. From Wade. <laughs> this is from Wade T. Kemper. T. Don't forget that T. In fact, uh, run a red flag of that sucker. <laughs> Wade T. Kemper. Police, are you hearing this? All right, gentlemen. While content to, pl- to play the role of devoted yet quiet listener to Stuck in the 80s, I have been called out by one Sean Daly. Now, I'm not sure I called out anybody. You, did said, I? you said you wanted the name and address and email address of the... Of the <laughs> really? Yeah. You, yeah. So, uh, that's yeah, calling that sounds, out. Yeah, that sounds like calling Ooh, out to Here me. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, listen up. Wade says, Wade T. Kemper says, I am indeed the fan who called the Seggies stale. So here's uh, patient zero. <laughs> he wanted info. Here it is. Wade T. Kemper, Hampstead, Maryland. That's in Carroll County. You know what hurts is that one of my own. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah. One of my own. Where's Marylanders. Car- where's Carroll County? It's Western. Western. Western Maryland. Ma- next, Western. Uh, give me some fake Maryland town like you do every show. Uh, Fredericksburg. Well, that one I've heard of. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. Yeah. Spearsyberg. Spearsyberg. Wait to care. Okay. Now that the, the identification is out of the way, I want to say that I do love the show. I love the witty banter. I love the lists, the topics, the interviews, the innuendo, the inside jokes, the shenanigans, tomfoolery, monkey shines, hijinks, and antics. Hell, I thought the Snack Foods episode <laughs> was one of the best in recent memory. I agree with Wade there. You hated Snack Foods. No, I didn't. You hated it. I'm just saying it spiked my blood pressure. Uh, It's one of the best episodes of recent memory. If for no other reason than you can really hear the joy, God, creeping back into Steve's voice for the first time since VGF. That's not true, is it? No, I don't. Maybe it was the sugar. I don't know. Yeah, sugar's good. Sugar joy. Yeah, the joy creeping back into Steve's voice. I have a theory that I'm going to tell you about. Yeah, I have a theory too that you can't stand for me to be happy. You're more happy when I'm miserable. Oh my God! That's oh. Why would you say such a thing? Because you can't stand when someone says that you know I'm getting happy again. Well, I've been happy for a long time, my friend. I put you on my back. Cry baby <laughs> on my happy back. <laughs> and I breathe oh. you around until the smile returned to your eyes. Children, please. That's ridiculous. No, I just think that I'm gonna tell you my theory in a second. Okay. <clears throat> listen again, everybody. Really listen to the joy creeping into Steve's voice. And I'll think you'll hear how generally fun that was. Really listen. L I S T E N. Listen. <laughs> now that the niceties are out of the way, I gotta say that I teach fourteen-year-olds uh, to take better criticism than you guys do. Amen, Wade. Hey, what, what? <laughs> I don't Wade T. Kemper, why are you jumping on Wade's back here? <laughs> well, I cannot argue that your podcast is free and should be understood. Um, that the well, I cannot argue that your podcast is free and should be understood that the product costs nothing to me to listen to. Not good English is. Uh, I have great issue with your calling for the critics' own podcast. Okay, now Steve, you did a joke last week, yep, in which you played mock podcasts from some of our listeners. Not Sean Daly. Steve Spears did that. 
Are you saying that unless we have created a podcast ourselves that we have no valid opinion? Well, actually, that's not what we were saying, but he continues. I call you out, sirs. Sean is a music critic. When's your album coming out, Sean? Mm. Have you ever mixed an album? Have you ever mixed a hit? Steve? Actually, you have. I know. I, t- <laughs> I had a huge hit. I actually a remixed a, a classic a hit. A cu- couple years ago. Here it is. Yeah, play it. What's the matter you? Wasn't that like a dance hall favorite? Oh my god! What's Wade talking about? I know. Anyway, we're making fun I of Wade. Love he that came. Song. You know, I want to say, Wade, thank you for the letter. You came out. You had the guts. To come out to 80s Nation and say you thought the Siggies were stale. Steve, now he complained to you, is that correct? Yeah, we had a Facebook chat. I'm on Facebook all the time. I mean, anybody who's a friend of mine on Facebook can chat with me. So, um, <laughs> and what was he? He just thought that they were a little stale, that we needed like a new segment or something? No, I just think so. He didn't really talk about what course. he hated about the show. No, I just said that they're, they're, they've run their course and it's time to retire him. The entire Siggies? <gasps> that was the gist of it. Oh, they've run their course. Yeah. What do you think, Kathy? What do you think about Wade T. Kemper? I think sometimes, you know, criticism is what we need to you know, you know, mix you things sense? up. Now, I think you're a little bitter. I think, oh, yeah, let's get this go. on is the this... table. Now, are you sensing the same thing? Like, she is... seems like she's a little critical of us. Is this the therapy episode? <laughs> did, did, I, did I miss that? Oh, she's being critical, but I think what she's trying to she's trying to show a little empathy towards Way T. Kemper, a man who sounds like I mean, an insurance I have my company haters, CEO. You know that. All right, here's my theory. I'm my You're haters right? that, that here, think I don't offer anything here, to here's the my show. Theory. Here's my theory about about. That's, well, let's stop and wait a minute for a second because because Kathy brings up a good point. You know, we we we've been largely immune to the criticism over the years, but there have been a couple Kathy bashers out there, yeah. and she's taken it all pretty much in stride. I try, I try. I it mean, gets personal, you know. I know. What have they said about you? Let's get it out on the table. Irreverent? Pretty much that I don't... Body? Offer, I don't offer anything to the podcast, I think, was the gist of it. Wow. You know what you offer? You offer hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hope that you offer the great hope we are, of listen, the 80s nation. Without you, this is one, just one big uh, donkey. It's a sausage hang. Uh, I love having you here. I yeah, think I perk up. I don't think I've been this excited uh, since the last show you since did. Since the Vegas since, girlfriend uh, episode. <laughs> was that the last show you did? <laughs> no. They never did a show no. together, thankfully. That would have been. What? They never did a show together. You and Vegas girlfriend? Yeah. I never did one with her. No, because you know that was that was when I was MIA. That's right. I was missing during the Vegas years. All right, real quick. I have a theory. Um, All right, and see if you can uh, agree with this. Okay. There are fans out there. A lot of fans that just like the the whole show. Yeah. You know? But then there are these subset of fans, and I call them Team Spears and Team Daly. Much like Team Edward and Team oh, Jacob. Oh, no, I'm serious. Come on. No, no, no. This pop culture, it's what I write about, baby. It's what I do. It's like Team Edward, Team Jacob. There's Team Spears and Wade T. Kemper, who hears the joy coming back in your voice, because that's why he listens to the show. Because he, you're the entry character. Okay. So Team Spears, these people are a little for, forlorn. They got the blues a little bit, maybe. <laughs> you know, they're a little, you know, sad and grumpy. Or okay. Team Daly, it's like, da, 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 da. it's like a pinata party, party all the time, right? 
And so that's, you know, we're the happy people. And maybe we're, we're style over substance. We, we're fine with that. But speaking You're I'm shallow, saying, in other yeah, words. We're shallow, we're, we're shallow, but we're nice. Shallow, but we, proud. Yes, but nice. And, and considerate, but shallow. <laughs> Whereas your people are very, like, uh, sullen. Is there, like, a, oh, is there so a Team Was? Yeah, there is actually one member on Team oh, Was. Oh, one member. Oh, great. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> oh. How are you? I'm on your team. Oh. Rah, rah. <laughs> you team touch, Was, you touch come my on. pom-poms. Oh. <laughs> so there you go, the voice. <laughs> Show us everything. One member on Team yeah, Was. No, that's not true. You got no. lots of people on Team Was. And you know what? Now you'll get, she'll get the most letters next yeah. week. I'm on Team Was. I want a t-shirt. Great. There should be. In the meantime, With while we exclamation points, I just want to just thank all no. our letter writers. Uh, you can't. You can send negative letters. We take your criticism. You know, Steve takes criticism to heart. I will warn the people that it's true. Yeah. It's if true. somebody says, "Hey, Steve, I think you should cut Sean's head off," I would start running because he'd be like, "All right, <laughs> great. all right." If you, it, you take it'll the positive, make the podcast better. And let's you say do that it. I only hear the positive, I never hear the negative. Oh. All right, okay, let's close up the. Letters. Yes, as always, send your letters. About whomever we do not care. Two stuck in these at TampaBay.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Hey, I'll play a segment of a movie from the 80s, and if you can get it right, we have the band stickers. I've given up calling them posters because they really. Yeah, when's the last time you sent out a, a prize? This week. Really? Oh, I used to sign stuff. You used to have me sign. You signed a bunch in advance. Now I just... Uh, You're yeah. signing them by yourself. We're aren't so you? old that we actually yeah. have Gina's signature on a few. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I haven't sad. signed anything, have I? Mm, yeah. Hey, you can come over to my desk after the show. You okay. can sign all you want. Okay. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. Now I'm going to make it to the top on my own. Yes, that's Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. Don't like that movie. Why? It was, it was on, it was on cable last all. night. I watched it. You know what? Here's really? my thing. My thing's very aesthetic. Is that they filmed it on this really cheap film. Oh. And so it looks all like bleached and grainy and like uh. crap. You know me. I love. I thought my it was. The, I thought it was the inferior plots or the uh, subpar acting that might have. No, who's no. Helen Slater in that? Yeah. Oh, I don't like her either. I don't. She does nothing. You know me. what's funny? Because uh, I saw Night Ranger in concert last month, and they still play Secret of My Success. Oh yeah. And they tell the whole story before they play it about how Michael J. Fox calls him on the phone, and because he's a big fan and he wants him to record a song for a movie. Hey, that, that's the highlight of their career. Okay? What? No, it's not. What? Rockin Michael J. America? Fox calling him up saying, I love you? Yeah, it is. That could be the highlight of our career if he would just call. Oh, my God, I know. As if. <laughs> anyway. Michael J. Fox, we're out here. Call us. They still do it. Still tell the sticky story. Daily read the winners. This week's winners are my girlfriend, Carol Jansen. Uh, we haven't heard that in a while. Chad Ledoux, Todd in Minnesota, Peter Ryan in Montreal, and the great Lyle in Vermont. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. So what's the matter with you? If you know it, email us at stuckinies at timpbay.com. And then next week, Kathy will be back to call you a wiener. <laughs> Ah, the mystical refrain of Name That 80s Tune. Hey, time to play a snippet of a song from the 80s, and if you can get it right, um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give posters, uh, this little sticker, straight to Kathy, and she's going to like write whatever she wants on them. Yeah. Sean's Ooh, a tool. Yeah, team love- Wasp. That's what they're all going to say. <laughs> team <laughs> Spears. Team, we should each have our own stickers. Team Daily, Team Spears, uh, Team Wasp. Yep. Uh, and have Team Persol. <laughs> 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 
I'll give you all the stray cat ones to sign. Great. I'll sign all the Genesis ones because it reminds me of that sad. Baby. I'm going to sign all the Duran Duran ones. There's a bunch of them too. I know. Yeah. Do not write over uh, John Taylor's face. Remember no. that. Oh, gee, like I need to. Um, I know. Look at her. She's shivering. She's she's shaking with delight. Pay attention. Here was last week's tune. Yes, it's Who Will You Run To by Heart. A lot of winners this week, Steve. Everyone yeah. got that one right. I know. I love that song. It might be my favorite heart song. Really? Bad Animals. Huh. Off the Bad Animals uh, yeah, album. Bad, oh, Bad, bad animals. animals. The winners are Oswaldo Jimenez, who still calls himself OJ, despite <laughs> my, uh, my warnings. warnings. Uh, Is he Jimenez. not aware of the whole controversy with <laughs> OJ? Know. That's episode number 89. Uh, Neil in Chicago. Mr. Paul in Albion, Wisconsin. Mr. Paul says that is nowhere near Michigan, really. <laughs> it's a theme here. Uh, metal guy from Texas, Dave in KC, Candace Halfacre, Liz Frank from Point Pleasant Borough, New Jersey. And Liz says, if that's too much for you to say on air, you can say Liz Frank from Point Borough, New Jersey. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not too long. Even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monica in Brooksville, Florida, Luke near Seattle, Billy Shakes. And the one, the only, Andy Wankel from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well done. Woohoo! Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Again, if you know it, email us at stuckinese at tempe.com. Because as members of Team Wasp like to say, only you can be a wiener. I like the way you say it. It's Thank nice that we you. brought you back, basically, just to say the word wiener. wiener exactly. <laughs> now that you said it twice, we never have to have you back again. <laughs> yep. Oh. I'm <gasps> kidding. Team <laughs> Daly would never say that. Team Daly was thinking it, but no. I got it out first. You know what? Team Daly could kick Team Spears' ass in football, too. You couldn't beat my ass in a you know hot dog could, eating contest. You, know you could replicate well, it. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is true. Come on. I take, okay, I take that one back. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, that's hard. <laughs> wow! Touche! Go, go, go! I'm on Team Was. High five! Woo. Woo. Please, please tell me now. Please, please tell me now. BPTMN, the segment that won't go away, nope. no matter Whether what. Whether you wanted to or not, I love it. <laughs> Say BPTMN. Wait, T. Kemper's looking for I the pause button right now on oh, iTunes. I'm, Wait, I'm dyslexic and I can't ever get it right. Enjoy himself. What if? All right, here's the deal. Here's my question. I asked this before. What if we were like a three, four hour show, and we someday will be on like Sirius or XM? Yeah, exactly. You know, what if we were on for three, four hours? What are you gonna do? <laughs> I know the seconds won't you would have that a long. Fit, Spears. Because, I mean, you're such a meticulous producer of this stuff. Sometimes it takes like no. days to produce a, a no. three-hour show. You're going to have to let it go when we're... You're going to have to let it go when we're famous. People Dude, knew how many times Trek, we stopped. Uh, the Alive thing. Cook, my old friend, just <laughs> Alive. <laughs> I love that. See, you say I don't like you to be happy. I do stuff like that all the time. Yeah, I'm a little I happy. I can hear the joy in Steve's voice. Ew. Ew. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> We have a very special PPTMN this week. Steve, tell the people about it. Yes, remember last week we had a, um, a listener who asked us what our dream interview would be. Mm-hmm. And um, we're like, well, I, what did you say? I forget. I said, um, <laughs> oh, Tom Selleck. I said Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, yeah. 
And I said Mick Jones. <laughs> and your dreams come true. Like wow, every and your week. dream came true yeah, so quickly. Yeah. Who so, um, but you weren't here, so now we get a chance to ask you, Kathy. Who would your dream interview be for for Stuck in the Eighties? Ew. Is it Michael J. Fox? It's, yeah, it's, John it's Michael Taylor. J. Fox. You that, know so. it's John Taylor. Come on. Would you want him to be sitting in the same room? Could you? Oh, I don't think I could do. No. No. What if, what if you wanted to hold your hand the entire time? Could you? Do because that? no. See, okay. I when I first met John Taylor. It was down in Fort Lauderdale. They were doing a signing. It was um, the astronaut tour, right? No, it was the um, covers album. Oh, thank yeah. yeah. So yeah, so they didn't tour. So they did like an in-store signing. So they were at like a blockbuster music or something like that. So my friend and I are there. We're waiting in line. They all sign my book. I have the book of words, and I had them sign it. <laughs> and uh, I got to John Taylor, and I froze. <laughs> and, like, the person had – I literally froze. I've never done this before, but they, someone had to, like, escort me off the little stage. Oh, that's like Christmas story. You were like I Ralphie. Know, I was, yeah. and I was like, oh, I can't believe that. I'm that's such cute. a dork. So, yeah. So, it so might do you, be Does that replay in your head every night before you go to bed? Yeah. Does it, it keep is. you awake? Is that your it personal demon? But then – but I um, afterwards, my friend Patty Hernandez, shout out to her in Miami, we um, – we chased them to the airport and we followed their limo. And so then we saw him at the airport and then I did get to talk to John. And then there's a picture of us, John Taylor standing there signing autographs. And then there's me peeking my head out right from behind him. So yeah, we're not really taking a picture together, but there I am. <laughs> <laughs> we, can we get that picture and put it up on your Yeah, blog? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have it. Yeah. Fun. If you yeah. So, so here's the idea this week. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I just want you to know that, um, Sean is definitely on Team Waz because he just doodled a little CW plus JT and a heart. See, I care. Yeah. He cares. You you like me to be villainous. That's how you like to portray me, Spears. All right, PBTMA, come <laughs> okay, on. Okay, so there we go. So here's the point. So we asked you, tell us who your dream interviews would be if you could interview one of your 80s stars. And so we uh, have a list of who you would like to interview if it was up to you. You ready? I love it. Oswaldo Jimenez would personally like to interview... Elizabeth Shue. Great one. Oh. That's a great one. He says, uh, quote, I've had a crush on her since Karate Kid. I know. My Just th- think of all the movies she could talk about. Back to the Future, Karate Kid, Leaving Las Vegas. Ventures and Babysitting. Vegas. Vegas. Was it Ventures and Babysitting in the 80s? Yep. Yeah. Was it really? Just yeah. sneak in there? No, no. It was, it was, um, no. It was early 80s. Yeah. That's was, a great one, OJ. You know what she's great in? Have you guys seen Hamlet 2? Yes. No. I she love plays it. herself. Yes. Oh, my God. She does. That is a classic movie. I love that movie. Rock Me Sexy Jesus. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jason in Wisconsin has one. Here's what Jason in Wisconsin says. I'm a bit younger than you and Sean. Wait a minute. You know, I, Steve and Sean. You're like 10 years older than I am. Four years older than you. <laughs> Four, three years old. I thought you were 56. Three. three. <laughs> You're 67. No, he'll be 56. I'm a bit younger than you and Sean. <laughs> hey, let's face it. I'm never going to be 56. <laughs> oh, sad. Don't say that. Oh, is this, there goes is this the how joy. You pick up ladies? <laughs> I'm never going to be 56. So tonight, let's, let's pretend like this. Ch- let's pretend like the world can end tomorrow. Oh Lord, you are such a con artist. Can't you see that, Wade T. Kemper? You know what? That's yeah. my mission in life: is to get Wade T. Kemper on Team Daily. 
That'd be good. There you go. Anyway, I'm a bit younger than you, and Sean says, Jason, Wisconsin. I'll be 34 in a few months. So Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic, was one of the biggest influences on me as a 7 to 10-year-old in the early 80s. It was clever enough that my parents didn't care that I listened to it, and stupid enough to hit the mark with my adolescent humor. That's a great line. Good point. Plus, it lampooned all the songs I remember my sisters listening to on the top 40 radio stations. And I have to say that even though I'm grown up now, I still check out his new albums and get a good laugh. He continues the same shtick, but somehow keeps himself fresh. Let's read that last line again and see who else it applies to. He continues the same shtick, but somehow keeps himself fresh. Ah. Stuck in the 80s indeed. Yes. Weird Al would be a great one. Yeah, can we somehow just like steal that quote and use it for us? (laughs) We should be able to get him. We can get Weird Al. Next time he has an album or something. I think he's got one coming out. But because, I mean, on his website, there's no way, there's no contact information whatsoever. Yeah. So he's, he's, I think, I think he'd be a great one. I think Elizabeth Shue would be, I think she might be into it too. What the hell's that mean? No, what? no I, I mean, she might be into talking to me. Okay. And you, uh-huh. maybe. Uh-huh. Okay, why don't you read the next one, Kathy? All right. Um, Todd in Minnesota says his dream interview would be Wendy and Lisa. You could tell Wendy about your former crush on her. I've seen other interviews with them, and they are pretty candid about their time with Prince. That's funny. I've actually talked to Wendy and Lisa. Oh, really? But we didn't record it. They, were, they had called our <laughs> TV critic to talk about heroes i guess they do the the music for the tv oh, show okay, heroes yeah. and so i recorded it for him and so i had like five minutes on the phone with them and stuff like that and i kind of confessed my love and they just kind of chuckled the way that lesbian women chuckle when i tell them that i'm in love with them <laughs> yeah and that happens what about once uh, a month for way you? too often yeah now. way yeah. too often way too often read another one sean uh well this one's really interesting uh neil in chicago says not sure if you could get him but it would be amazing if you could interview Roger Daltrey. I actually like some of the more obscure people. I would love for you to interview a Kari Warrer or anyone from the old days of MTV. It would be pretty cool. I like the Kari Warrer idea. But Roger Daltrey, funny you bring that up, Neil, in Chicago, because I interviewed Roger Daltrey this very week for a little uh, newspaper called the St. Petersburg Times. And uh, Roger uh, played a show at Ruth Eckert Hall. Where last night. Was playing, last night. And... Um, when Steve had the chance to talk about Roger Daltrey, the Stuck in the 80s fans, he neglected to mention that Sean Daly, his co-host, had just interviewed Roger Daltrey. You, I don't understand what the big deal is. I, I had posted his set list. Because we're a team. And I looked for a link to your interview, which was not online. Oops. And so you know, I had to go without. Anyway, uh, Roger Daltrey was great to talk to. It was funny because he's hosting or he's playing the halftime gig at the Super Bowl in Miami. And I, you know, I was congratulating him, and he said, uh, why are you making that face at me? Stop. No, he said he was very honored to play the Super Bowl, and then he laughed, and he's like, but I'd be more honored if it was a soccer match. Oh, so I thought that yeah. was good. He's still, that. he's still a rapscallion. <laughs> yep. Anyway, Roger Daltrey. Yeah, well, maybe we can get him again. We tried to tape it, in all fairness. But we actually did. I'm sorry. I, I correct. And we and, did. And they, um, his people, just kind of wanted him to do a quickie. Yeah. yeah. And plus, I mean, they couldn't. They couldn't settle on a time. I mean, you sat around waiting all day for that interview. I was supposed to talk to him at three thirty, and I think I finally talked to him around seven thirty. And uh, it ha- We found out that day. They actually said, "You want to talk to Roger Daltrey?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." So we'll try to get him again, though. Uh, the next one, Crash from Long Beach, says we should try to get Steve Martin, Chevy Chase. 
and Martin Short the on three the show. Amigos. Three Amigos. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. That'd be great. Never going to happen. Never. I'm, I'm you know who we could think. get? I bet we could get, I bet we could maybe get Chevy Chase because he's doing that TV show Community. Oh, oh I yeah. Was, I was going to say, I bet we could get yeah. Martin Short. I be, and Martin Short was here last yeah, year. And Martin I think, Short does press. I think we asked for it, and I, I don't think he did it that year. I'll tell you what, Steve Martin has that great banjo album. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. actually really, really it's good. Really yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. If he he's comes a great to, um, he's touring on it. Oh, really? I could see him coming to Ruth Eckerd. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure he's gonna be like, I don't want anything but banjo questions. Yeah, but, but even still, Steve, you get all was... these questions about the man with the, <laughs> you know, the lonely guy. <laughs> what the man with two brains? Well, Steve. the thing is, if you get one of these guys like Martin Short, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, yeah, they had a great stretch in the '80s, but there's so much other stuff. Yeah, but we do that. Yeah. We do well-rounded interviews. Well, those are great ones. We do. Um, uh, Steve, read another one. Uh, well, Kevin Winch would love us to talk to Charlie Sheen. Oh, that yeah. might be doable, I guess. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if he does press. We got Carl know. Weathers. We got know. Weathers. We can get anybody. anybody exactly. Uh, uh, Mike Vizzuto wants us to do Bill Murray. Yeah, that's never never. Going yeah. To Bill happen. Murray doesn't even talk to like Rolling Stone. I mean, he's yeah. famously prickly. And if we said as soon as we say meatballs, click <laughs> click, <laughs> that oh, thing is getting yeah. hung up right right quick. Yeah, I, he's burned every bridge in Hollywood too. Yeah. I was reading this thing with Howard Ramis, who was like, "Oh yeah, they like hate each other now." Yeah. And just think of the great history they had together: Ghostbusters and Caddyshack and Groundhog's Day. I mean, yeah. but haven't they all? They've all committed to returning for a third Ghostbusters if they they want to first look at the script. But I think that the feeling is that they've all kind of said. But I heard that it wasn't. They'd get new people to play the yeah, new Ghostbusters, uh, yeah. and they just come back for cameos. So, you know, Bill Murray probably shoot his part without shoot his those part. other guys. Yeah. You know? Shoot his part uh, on a an undisclosed location. Yeah, nice. The final one I absolutely love. Uh, it's a uh, from Chris in Chicago. Says we should get Billy Zabka. Oh yeah. Now, Steve, do you know who Billy Zabka I do, is? I do. Yes. Tell the people who Billy Zabka uh, is. Better known as Johnny from Johnny. Uh, Karate Kid. Yeah. And he was Chaz in Back to School. He was Jack in European Vacation. And he was no, Greg Tolan and ju- just one of the guys. guys. He is like the, the ultimate like Hitler youth with yeah. the uh, the blonde oh, totally. hair. Good looking guy. It'd be perfect. Totally. I have, I oh, own I have every one of those movies. I have every one of those movies. Let's try to get Billy Zabka. Of course you do. <laughs> just one of the guys. You love that movie. I Come love on. that movie. I love that movie. The very end where she flashes oh, him. I actually okay, love that that's movie not too. what I love about the movie. But no, okay. I love that movie too. <laughs> no, but I, no, I love all those. When like, are we going to do a Dress One of the Guys podcast? We could What's do gender, her name, Terry. Could, yeah, Terry. We could do a whole podcast on gender bender movies of the 80s. Oh, yeah. There you go. I'm trying to think of another one. <laughs> so basically, it's our Just One of the Guys. Um, well, uh, that's tootsie, great. Tootsie. What am I thinking? Tootsie. Hello. So we got two. Yeah. We got two. Okay. Three more. There starts the Last Starfighter. Yeah. Billy Zabka. I love that Billy Zabka. Can we Zabka. somehow work Soul Man into it? It's oh, not man. gender Steve men. And I, I have it on DVD. You can buy it on DVD for literally like a dollar ninety nine. A dollar ninety nine. Why is that movie so, so good? Smart. I'm with you, man. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. That's how much I love that movie. <laughs> I love that. It's movie. great. Uh, are we all burned out now? Is it time to go? Uh, I, I think it is, but uh, we love PPTM, and look how much fun that was. I know. And these seggies, they said the seggies drag. These seggies only took about 55 <laughs> minutes, minutes to get through. Exactly. <laughs> how could that be? If I'm a long fan of stuck stick. in the 80s, I look at this show and I'm like, I love it. <laughs> well, by definition, yeah. But yeah. So send us an email this week. <laughs> Tell us what team you're on. Are you on Team Wass? Team Wass, woohoo! With, uh, with the voice. Rah rah! <laughs> Come join us. Are you on Team Daily? Woo! Uh, good time every time you need a. 
Or do you or feel you more on... connected? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> or are you on Team no, Eeyore? Go ahead, Team You're Eeyore. Cry again? Or are you more with soft-hearted Spearsy? Oh, my on, on Team God. Spears. It'll be interesting. Team Watts. I love this. It's like Team Jacob and Team Edward. I now know. they got Team Bella. I know. What? I'm Team I'm Team Jacob. Are you? Totally. Oh, yes. the fact and that I feel te- dirty. You should feel dirty. <laughs> yeah, I do. Spears, I would- <laughs> there's nothing wrong with liking something that was made after, after 1989. 1989. Exactly. Really, Just because dude? your life ended at 1989. Fraud. No Twilight. Fraud. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Fraud. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Real deal. <laughs> On that note, myself, Kathy Wash, Sean Daly, the great Mick Jones, we join you next week again. In the meantime, we remain here, firmly stuck in the 80s. Ciao. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. This is gravy, baby. We just interviewed Mick Jones. I know. From The Clash. (laughs) 